0: This is a Southern Company Safety Podcast, a podcast about safety and Southern Company. I'm your host, Todd Conklin. Sure is good to be on board. I feel kind of special. You guys let me in a lot. I don't know if the door's broken or you really want me here. Today's podcast, I think you're going to find very interesting because today's podcast pretty much sets classic safety thinking on its ear which I think is not a good thing. It seems like my whole life I've used that phrase in a negative way. So I'm I'm going with it. It's a negative thing because today the title of today's podcast is All Accidents Are Not Preventable. And that, my friends, is dangerous to talk about but true. You know as well as I do. I mean, we can talk about it all day long. Every accident is preventable after it happened because after an accident happens, I'm a genius. I can tell you exactly. Man, I've got crystal clear. I could tell you exactly where they went wrong. The problem is, is before the accident happens, it's not nearly as predictive as we thought it was. And so we got to say out loud to each other, and this is a good place to do it, the secrecy of the podcast. We got to say out loud to each other this, all accidents aren't preventable. They're accidents. They're unintentional deviations from an expected outcome. And if you start that conversation Well, you better be able to finish it, because that's going to be a big part of what we talk about today. So sit back and listen as I actually introduce this idea into the world. I'll say it out loud just to see what kind of reaction it gets. This is the Southern Company Safety Podcast. Enjoy. What would you guys say if I said something, and it's kind of controversial, but if I said all accidents are not preventable? What would you guys say in Southern Company to that?
1: I think even a year and a half ago, um, that would be so controversial we couldn't talk about it. Wow, really? I, I, yeah, absolutely. I think um, now, as we've done quite a bit of um, soul-searching um, around the idea of risk secrecy and that it might it could be a problem within Southern or could have been at least in the past, and we're working on getting away from that, I think that... Um, we're ready to kind of embrace that idea.
0: But just from a practical level, right, just just purely practical, you know that accidents, by definition, are accidents, right? They're unexpected um, differences from outcomes. I mean, they, they, they don't have a lot of warning. They, they're accidents, right? I mean, they're deviations. They, they, they happened without warning. And one of the most important, although I grant you this is pretty controversial, but one of the most important things I learned on this journey is that we don't really manage accidents. Accidents, in fact, manage Southern Company. When a bad accident happens, I promise you, it dictates schedule, scope, money, budgets. What we manage really is the ability to have that accident. And part of what we want to talk about, and I think this is an iterative discussion, it's, it's a discussion that's going to take a while, is that we really have to say, that things are going to happen, that unexpected things happen all the time, and that not everything goes right. And when we say those two things, it allows us to move as a company away from the belief that if something fails, it failed because we didn't manage it correctly, to actually a whole new point of view, which is we're ready when the unexpected happens. The unexpected is unexpected, and so we build systems that are resilient enough so that when the unexpected happens, we can recover from it. It's the reason you have a spare tire in your car. Actually, what's amazing is new cars almost don't have spare tires anymore because the tires that they sell us now have the ability to run flat longer than the old tires, right? And so, in essence, we're sort of redefining how we... Um, determine what success is. Success isn't the absence of an accident. Success is really the presence of controls, of processes, of systems, of talented people, all working diligently in a varying and complex environment to be successful. But how do we get that message out there without sounding like uh, we're we're knocking over one of the most important things in the world, which is we can attain zero?
1: Well, I think the first... And most important concept for everyone to grasp, um, and we've talked about this before, is the fact that um, the triangle was false and that we were, were doing a lot of potentially not very value-added work in trying to manage very, very minor accidents with the idea that all accidents are preventable. So if you prevent the small ones, you prevent the big ones. Um, and we know now that that's not true. So I think the whole idea um, that you, you bring up and the concept that could be really life changing and world changing is that just by accepting the fact that not all accidents are preventable does not mean you're abdicating your responsibility to do everything you can to stop particularly life altering events and serious injuries and fatalities. In fact, it frees you up to take your resources and your energy away from the small things and put it toward prevention on serious injuries and fatalities and the things that change people's lives forever.
0: So that's really important because what you're telling me is that fatalities fundamentally aren't super accidents. They aren't the top of the pyramid. That's what we taught for years. That's wrong. That fatalities really are anomalies. They're variabilities. Life-altering injuries almost always existed in normal work, right? Because had there been any indicator that this was going to be a life-altering indicator, the people would have stopped. They have stop work authority and responsibility, right? So we're now building a system that really has the ability to expect failure. And because now we expect failure, we actually build systems that allow us to recover from failure. But that shift is big. It's huge. Not so much in fall protection. Like fall protection, that's the one I use all the time but you don't you don't put people in fall protection under the belief that they won't fall you put people in fall protection under the belief that they will fall and when they do fall you want to build that recoverability that margin of maneuverability into the system right absolutely can we do it we can how
1: i think it takes a whole shift in in how we educate not only leadership and employees within um, our our systems but also the next generation of safety professionals who are now being trained in in schools and at, and new OSHA compliance officers and and people who just have a real interest and passion for safety and they want to you know eventually move into that role. Um, if if they if we look at safety systems as we're putting our resources where they matter the most, which by the way is how how financial resources are used, um, then. Everyone comes into this with the knowledge that um, somebody tripping over an untied shoelace is an accident that you can expect to happen. Um, but it, most of the time, you can live with that one. Um, somebody falling 30 feet without fall protection is not an accident that's acceptable to happen. And so you put your resources there, and you put your prevention there, and you double-check, you verify that those controls are being used and understood Um, You know, one of the things that we're finding as we um, start tracking how our critical controls are working um, is that, you know, to use the fall protection example, sometimes people have that fall protection on, but they're tied off to something that won't hold them. And so maybe they don't understand that's that part of that control that's not working right for us. And that gives us a very specific area where we can work on. So instead of putting people through the same old fall prevention training to wear your harness and tie off to something that holds something 6,000 pounds, we're able to see where what piece of that puzzle may not be working affi- effectively or efficiently. And then we put our resources toward to prevention to that specific item instead of trying to make everybody perfect at everything they do.
0: And that next phase that that establishing and maintaining controls, that's going to be an exciting phase because that actually removes some variability. Controls are controls, and you can really look for the level of robustness. I think this is an interesting discussion. Um, It's amazing. It, It seems so obvious. All accidents are not preventable, but we've hardwired it into our thinking for so long that when we have an accident, it appears as a failure of prevention not a failure of control. And I think that difference is huge. Agreed. I don't want to sound like I mentioned for a fight, but five years ago, maybe even for you guys two years ago, that would have got some fight. But what's happened is we're getting smarter as our understanding of safety matures. And that's what's happening, is our understanding of safety has to mature. There was a time... We're asking you to be more careful made a difference. The problem with that now is that it doesn't really make that much difference. You're careful. That's what you do. You do high-risk work and you do it really well and you're mostly successful. What we have to do now is look beyond just asking you to care more and try harder. And that's kind of where this podcast leaves off. When you start to think about accidents as not preventable but as accidents, then what happens is it changes your thinking From managing the unexpected to actually managing the certain. The controls and capacity you have to have an accident is knowable, usable, auditable, and manageable. When you start to manage the ability to fail safely, what happens is you just get better and better and better and better. And that is the reason we're doing this podcast. So that's the podcast for today. Learn something new every single day, will you? Have as much fun as you possibly can, and for goodness sakes, be safe, Southern.